0: One thing is sudden. If you stick to the word, you will come back with a testimony. What God wants to give you in your life is not a healing. What God wants to give you in your life is not a job. What God wants to give you in your life is not money. What God wants to give you is the word of God in your spirit. It will make you what it talks about. And you are shining. And you are shining by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are shining by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are shining and nothing can stop you. It is your season. It is your time. Nothing can hinder you. This is your time. This is your hour.
1: Prayer comes with a divine ability to enlighten, to refresh, and to minister wisdom and revelation, and insight into mysteries and secrets.
0: The desire of God's Spirit is that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. If this happened to somebody.
1: In this insightful teaching by Pastor Chris titled, Cultivating a Spirit of Prayer, You would learn how and when the Holy Spirit brings to you an atmosphere of prayer.
0: When you invite by desire that spirit of prayer, the Holy Spirit of God brings an overwhelming atmosphere and influence of prayer into your life. And what happens is you breathe
1: Also, discover how to desire and develop the habit of praying as your life becomes a marvel and influential to the world. Listen and be blessed.
0: We were discussing the subject of prayer, and I was telling you about prevailing prayer, how that we win first, In the spirit, before the victory shows on the outside. We prevail with God first before we prevail with men. Until you prevail with God, you cannot prevail with men. You know, it gives us the picture of Jacob when he wanted to return to his homeland. And all of the wealth and all of what God had blessed him with. And his large family. And he took all of this and was ready to go homeward. But then he remembered there was a problem. He had cheated his brother many, many years before. And his brother had vowed to kill him. And his brother Esau had become a very strong man, a great man with a large army. And so Jacob had reason to be afraid because truly when Esau heard that Jacob was coming home, he got his army ready to attack him. Jacob knew he was a dead man and everything he had would go to the winds. So as he got everything ready, got everybody ready for the journey, his heart was not at rest. And so he stopped. He said, you, you go on, I, I, cannot, I cannot come yet. And the Bible says, and Jacob was left alone. You see, if Jacob didn't prevail with God, he will not prevail with men, And he knew it. So he stayed back. To prevail with God, in the, in a sort of mystery, the Bible wanders into this area without giving us any details and just says a man wrestled with him. But then you have to study the scripture to discover what this was all about. Yes, the angel of the Lord appeared to Jacob, and Jacob wrestled with this angel all night long. You know, sometimes. We'll look at it, then there's so many interpretations for us. But the most significant thing about it, in that experience, was that with all of the fellowship that we could deduce from there, the prayer part was the most important. He prayed. He held on to the angel. And the angel said, it's the break of day. i got to go. He said, no, I can't let you go. Till you bless me. I can't let you go. And he would not let him go. And the angel couldn't tell himself from Jacob. Finally, he touched his thigh. And Jacob began to limp. And of course, evidently, he fell under the power. And the angel said to him, Your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. He said, for as a prince, you have prevailed with God. As a prince, you have prevailed with God. This is the important area for us to look at. This man needed to prevail with men. But until he prevailed with God, he had no chance. And when he said, as a prince, you have prevailed with God. We can understand, I, I, I wrote more details about this in uh, one of our books. You remember the book, what's the title? When God Visits You. Get a copy real quick and read it. The title is When God Visits You. You need it. And if you truly read that book with all your heart open, God will visit you. See, that's the reason for writing that book. When God visits you. So you write down the title. You're going to read it. You're going to get it and read it. And there I explain a lot more about this subject, this area. See, you've got to prevail with God. Prevail with God. It doesn't mean forcing God to do something. No. It doesn't mean crying, oh God, I want you to be with me. I'm not getting your attention on, on negative prayers that don't help anybody. Oh, if you don't follow me, I will not go. I <laughs> will. kind of, you know, that's not what I'm telling you to do. See, but we have a secret of praying in the spirit. And that'll lead me into something that I'd like to, to talk to you a little bit about. See, we talk about praying in the spirit, but there is a spirit of prayer. Now, when we say a spirit of prayer, I'm not describing necessarily a certain angel or spirit whose name is called prayer. That's not what I'm saying. See? But uh, it means when the Holy Spirit of God brings an overwhelming, overwhelming atmosphere and influence of prayer into your life. And what happens is, you breathe prayer all of that time and and when he does it sometimes it stays on you for months it can stay on you for months it can stay on you for a year even more you just experience the spirit of prayer see that rests on you and influences you over a period of time now Does it happen when he chooses to? Or is there anything we can do about it? Emphatically, yes. It's not just when he chooses to. No, it's when you, when you invite by desire that spirit of prayer. You invite by desire. He said he will give to drink the thirsty soul. If you're thirsty, he'll give to you to drink. So when you're thirsty for God like this, and you begin that fellowship of prayer, it would be long before you discover the spirit of prayer. He would bring that atmosphere into your life, he bring that influence into your life. You find that you're you're constantly praying. See, every now and then he draws your heart. Into his thinking, into his motivations, into his visions, into his plans and purposes. So he expresses himself through you in prayer. How important that is. And during that period that the Holy Ghost does this in you and through you, you know that you know that you know something is about to be birthed. Something is about to come out, to happen. To so invite that spirit of prayer, you invite him by strong desire and by plunging yourself into him, as it were. It doesn't happen by you saying, Lord, I invite you. You invite him by your strong desire. If you want him, he will be found of you. That's what it means when it says, if you seek him with all your heart, he will be found of you. You seek God. Doesn't mean he's missing, you know, it doesn't mean you're looking for him somewhere. When you seek God, He's talking about a desire, a strong desire for God, a strong desire for His presence, a strong desire to have that fellowship with Him, a strong desire for His Word, a strong desire for His influence in your life. And the thing is, if you don't have it, you can't transpire it. You see it, and it's important that those who are around us have a have a hunger for God. We we we. we uh, impart others with what we have. So every leader, every true leader must have it. He must cultivate it. It doesn't come by itself. you got to cultivate it. Cultivate it. The thing is always, it's his part to come to you. He'll stay you. He'll stay your mind. He'll always do it. That, that's what he's doing even now. So he'll stay your mind towards it. But where or not you're going to invite him and, and have strong desire for him is your responsibility He always call your attention because he loves us and he wants us He always call your attention and in this conference he's calling your attention to a greater and higher walk with god you see that's what he desires and he knows that's what you desire and all you have to do is act accordingly you see it's the doing part that's left now the doing part you know there are some people who say well the problem I have is I'm very lazy to pray. This has got nothing to do with being strong or lazy to pray. It's a matter of a burden. If you, if you, if you have something that disturbs you, you'll pray. I think so. <laughs> yeah, sure. When you, you really want something, you really want something. Ever seen somebody who was very tired and you said, hey, can we go out to something? He says, no, I'm just too tired to even get up. I can't even get up from here, I'm too tired. I've been doing this and I've been doing that, I've been so busy, I just can't get up. You say, can I pull you, let me help you. He says, please, I, I mean, I can't even stand from here. And while you're still talking, somebody shouts, fire! I mean, he'll spring out of that place. <laughs> fella who said he was very tired, could barely talk or stand. Now he's ready to fly. The desire to live. See, he don't want to die. He wants to live. See, but let's talk about living spiritually. See, living spiritually. Living spiritually. Imagine that you had someone in a house with fire, and you knew you could save him from dying. I'm so sure that you would rush in to save his life, right? Because life is important to us. You want to save him from dying. You you you, you do anything to get in and save him, and bring him out of that place. That's the way we ought to be. But what about? Think about it. This is this is just. Uh, Temporary salvation when you save someone from the fire in the house. Okay? You haven't saved his soul, you just saved his body. What about the eternal fire of hell? Isn't, isn't it worth saving someone from? Can you really love somebody and, and not mind that he or she's going to hell? Can you? Do you really love someone? And you don't care that he's going to hell. Have you thought about it? You know there are people who pray for a loved one to be saved, like a, a woman praying for her husband to be to be a Christian, and and um, she might even go to the pastor and say, Pastor, I really want my husband to be born again, so we can all become in the to church together. And maybe the reason she wants it, I'm, a lot of times that's the reason that salvation doesn't take place so long. She's been praying many years. And that man hasn't given a thought to salvation. And even when she preaches to him, he gets angry. Why is it? Because there are those who are asking for a carnal reason. She wants him to be born again so he'll be a better husband. <laughs> not because, not because of his soul. So you stop going out and staying out somewhere. So you'll be coming home early. And so you'll he'll, he'll take care of the family. All that selfishness and greed that colour prayers affect our prayer life in such a way. Selfish prayers like that are not heard. Or you want your son to be born again, so he'll be a b- good boy. <laughs> no, a thousand times no. We have to be focused on. eternal salvation. We have to think of eternity. We have to think of those things that really matter. We have to think of those things that count with God. Then the Holy Spirit will work together with you and bring that salvation through. He has no obligation to answer your selfish prayers. James said you ask And receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. See, that's why you don't receive when you ask. Oh, you pray. May God remove every selfishness from your life. Every selfishness. All selfish ambition. May God get it out of your life. Yes. It should be your prayer. It should be your pursuit in life. To make sure that there's no selfishness in your life, in your spirit. How many times we pray with so much selfishness. If there's a big thing that God's going to do, if he doesn't do it through us, we don't accept it. Selfishness. That's not the way you work with the Holy Spirit. See, if you truly want to give God glory in your life, then it doesn't matter how it comes. It's the Holy Spirit all the same. And then you, you start learning how to bless God, praise God, worship the Lord and thank him. When he does something good in another person's life. And when another one is esteemed above you, you don't care. You're just so happy for him. Because it's the Holy Spirit. We already know it's not by might. It's not by power but by the Holy Ghost. So he's the one that really deserves all the praise. All the honor. He's the one. And God, when he sees that humility in your life, he'll lift you, he promotes you, the Bible says he exalts the humble, he promotes the humble, but he abases the proud, he resists the proud, he never wants us to be proud, no matter what God does through us, he never wants us to be proud, but we should be proud of him, yes, we should be proud of what he's made us, yes. We should be proud of his glory in our lives, yes, but we should never exalt ourselves above someone else. It's not I'm better than you. Without me, you can't be anywhere. You know? If God didn't use me, you wouldn't be anywhere. (laughs) That's terrible. God doesn't want us to think that way. No, he doesn't want us to think that way. So that's one of the things to do for yourself. See, if you're going to prevail with God in prayer like this, that means you're going to have results with him. Then even before you begin such prayer for anybody else or about any situation, the first thing is get rid of your own sins. Every sin in your life must go. You see, the first thing will be to Repent. Of your personal sins. There are different kinds of sins that people commit. It can be like I just said now. Sin of pride. And arrogance. You may be surprised that God is calling your attention. To your pride and arrogance. And if you don't take care of it. You cannot prevail with God. You can't pray that kind of prayer. Because that thing will be in your heart. He said David said if I regard iniquity in my heart. The Lord will not hear me. He says, the Lord's ear, Isaiah said, the Lord's ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. Neither is his hand shortened that he cannot save. He said, but your iniquity and your sins have hidden his face from you that he cannot hear you. So sometimes people are praying, they want to, they, they you know, uh, fellowship with God upon their sins. And God is not that way. He's a just, righteous, and holy God. His word is so simple and so clear. Always, he turns your heart to how do you behave to your fellow man. How?
1: Still ahead, the man of God, Pastor Chris, takes the teaching yet higher. The word of God is a cleanser. The word of God is life. We get our light from the Son of Righteousness, Jesus Christ. We are His reflectors the more He shines on us. The more we beam out light, the more of His light. The more of His light we receive, the more we can reflect. Spiritual glow, the glory of the saints and how it works. The importance and benefits of prevailing prayer. Learn about these and much more in this next segment. The Holy Spirit enjoys fellowship with us when
0: we express genuine love. Genuine love. Genuine love has no selfishness. See, all sins are based on two things. Selfishness and fear. Now those are sins toward men. There are spiritual sins. Spiritual sins are sins toward God. You see, even in the Old Testament, he gave them ten commandments. And when he gave them those ten commandments, the first the first five were commandments about God. And the second five were commandments about men. So the first ones were spiritual commandments. And the others were earthly commandments. Which means there are sins you commit in dealing with other other human beings but there are sins you commit in dealing with god for example if you're proud towards this lady and against her she may never know she may never know you may act towards her in different ways and she may never know but pride is a spiritual sin only god sees it and god The Bible says, God resists the proud. That means he elbows you. So you find you can't really walk with God as long as that thing is in your heart. And nobody knows it. And the only way you're going to know your pride is when the word of God, as the light of God, turns in your spirit. The spirit of man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The inward man. So until the light of God shows you in your heart and defines that pride to you, you would continue living in pride and nobody would know you're a proud man till the day you wake up in hell. And they say, how, how could that man have gone to hell? How could he have gone to hell? But God knew your heart. Spiritual things are more dangerous than physical sins. So you have to be very careful. Search your heart all the time. Search your heart. And how you search your heart is not by sitting down and looking into your mind. Study the scriptures. The scriptures will show you. The Bible says the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joint and marrow. Is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That means it checks your thoughts. It checks your motives. It checks your motives. The word of God does. David said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. David, how did God describe David? He said, a man after my own heart. Who are those you copy? I like to copy those people that God praised in the Bible. They're the people I like to copy. Those that God praised. You study the scriptures, you will see them there. Find how the Lord related. See, in the Old Testament, you'll find those that God spoke about like that. And you can tell in the last book in the Revelation, you can tell there in heaven. And then in the other ones, the New Testament, you'll see the way Jesus related to them. And things he said about them. Then that can also tell you, wow, it's worth it to copy these men. If God said David was a man after his heart, and I want to be a man after God's heart, then I should do the kind of good things that David did that God praised. He was passionate about the house of God. So should I. Hallelujah. You're still here? Glory to God. As a leader, as a leader, you want fruits. Oh, you want fruits. You want to deliver to God those fruits that you bore. Right? Right? That's what you want to do. Say, oh, one of the reasons, when I share the word of God with you, I want to share with you what is God's absolute truth. Not mingling it with my opinions. i like to share with you God's truth that you can go to the Bible for yourself and prove it for yourself. i like to share it with you on a Lord. The reason is, that's the only way I can provide before God something that's sanctified of the Holy Spirit. See, that's what I want to do. So, it's important that you are growing in the things of God as it should be. So, in dealing with prayer here, talking about prevailing prayer, one of the things that that helps us do is to maintain inspiration. In prayer like this, we maintain inspiration. Prevailing prayer will maintain inspiration. The only way I've maintained inspiration for so many years is through prevailing prayer. Doesn't matter what you study, doesn't matter what you know, doesn't matter what you find out, doesn't even matter what God tells you. If you're not praying, you will lose the favor that follows it the spiritual favor, the spiritual glow. That goes with it. There's something about the word of God. That has power. See. It's not in the words. And how they sound. It's not even in the message. Itself that it communicates. No. It's in the power. Of the spirit. That is wrapped up. In it in romans the 12th chapter and 11th verse yeah not slothful in business fervent in spirit serving the lord that line i want you to see there is fervent in spirit the mofax translation says maintain the glow maintain the glow there's a glow of the spirit got to maintain the amplified. It says, "Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the spirit, serving the Lord. Be aglow. Oh, Hallelujah! Maintain that glow. There's a glow of the spirit in your life. Maintain that glow. How are you going to maintain it by remaining in prayer? And meditation on the Word of God. There's something that meditation does for you. So when you study the Word of God, meditate. Meditate on it so it gets into your spirit. That means mutter it. Okay? Say it. Say it when you when you read it, when you study it, when you hear it. Repeat it. Repeat it again and again. Let it stay in your mind. Let it stay in your spirit. Let it become a part of you then the glory of it would show up in you. Here's another beautiful thing that's so important that God has shared with you. It is the glory of the saints in how it works. Did you know that if you've been listening and have been sharing the word of God, did you know that if you've been listening since you came in here, the glory you have right now exceeds the glory you came in with. Now, you know, because sometimes some people don't see that glory because they use their optical eyes to look at everything. But in the realm of the spirit, when God opens your eyes to see the glory of a Christian, some are more glorious than others. Some are more glorious than others. I'm not talking about when we get to heaven. I'm talking about now. The glory that shows from us is so strong, so powerful, but it's not the same for everybody. You know, many years ago, I was crying, and I saw this glory. It's indescribable. But the more I prayed and spoke the word, the more glorious I became the more glorious I became. My spirit was a glow. I said, I didn't know that. I never saw this. And the spirit said, that's the way you look all the time. Glorious. All the time. You're a light. All the time. And so when the word of God is coming to you, and you're receiving the word, you're getting even more glorious even more glorious then you carry that new level of glory and you go back to whatever work or job or wherever you live or you know and, and, and you influence your world with it That's one of the beautiful things that ministry of the Word of God does to us so when you come to church just know that one of the plans of the Holy Spirit for that day is making you even more glorious you're adding to the glory of your life it's like something that normally should shine but it's covered by a lot of other maybe dust or dirt or something whatever it is and then as you clean it it grows more you clean it it grows more see so the word of God is a cleanser, and the word of God is a light I'd like us to read something Psalm 86 in verse number 11 Psalm 86, verse 11. Have you seen it? Read it, want to go. You know what that is? That's the next thing that prayer does for you. It's called focus. Focus. In prayer, we can have focus. He says, unite my heart to fear thy name. You see that? Unite my heart to fear thy name. If you want to read that in the New International Version, you'd see it more clearly. I'm going to read that to you. In the New International Version, he says, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart. An undivided heart that I may fear your name. An undivided heart. This is what we have when we pray. An undivided heart. We have focus. Say, prayer helps you focus. Prayer helps you focus. Do you maintain a diary of prayer? Try it. The things you're concerned about, you like to pray about, in, in your diary, you write down what you're praying about. And a lot of people who pray about so many things, you ask them 10 minutes later after prayer, what did you pray about? They don't remember. They said so many things to God. <laughs> Even when God answers, they don't know because they never took record of what they were saying to God. Except they have a problem. Hallelujah. You're still there? Okay, so you're writing, focus. It keeps... Prayer helps you keep focus, right? Okay, here's another one. Here's another one. In prayer, or, put it this way, it's more of a responsibility, a leadership responsibility. and, And that is praying for the spiritual growth of others. Praying for the spiritual growth of your brethren, okay, of your members. Praying for their spiritual growth. I'm going to show you how to do that prayer it's so important it must mean a lot to you and if you if you deem yourself to even be at that level where you require that prayer yourself you can pray for yourself because it's the spirit's prayer
1: still to come with the man of god pastor chris learn how to pray for people using the scriptures first timothy 2a I will that all men pray lifting up holy hands Get more insight about prayer as pastor continues teaching on the subject of prayer and its practicalities. Listen and be blessed.
0: Let's go to Colossians in chapter number one. I'm reading from verse nine. And it says, for this course, we also, since the day we heard it, we also. Talking about us leaders. All right? Yeah, yeah. And um, since we heard about you and about your love for the saints and about all that you're doing, you know. So he says, uh, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Be filled with the knowledge of God's will. See, you're praying for your members that they may be filled with the knowledge of God's will. So, when they don't know God's will, they do a lot of stupid things, a lot of dumb things, and they stray away from God. So, we must pray for them like this. In fact, you can, when I first started out um, using these words to pray for people, I would have to open the scripture, because then I didn't know it off by heart. So, I'll open the scripture, and I'll be reading it like this and praying for them with these words. Okay? Until, of course, I got it in my spirit and I could pray like that without having to read it. So you can start out like that. God's going to answer it because it's in his word. So you're praying for them. He says, do not cease to pray for you on the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding that he might walk worthy of the Lord on all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work in increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. See how you're praying for them? Let me read that in the newer version for you. Here in NIV says, For this reason since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. And it's not over yet. In the 11th verse, something really beautiful. He says, strengthened with miracle working ability. That's what it means all oh, might. According to his glorious power, on all patience and long suffering, with joyfulness, giving thanks. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, you're doing all of that, giving thanks, giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet. Be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Amen. Amen. So, so you pray. You pray with these scriptures. You pray with these scriptures for them. Let me show you another one. Philippians chapter 1. See how this man prayed. See how Paul prayed. No wonder we are like this. See, because now we can see these things that he did and we were doing the same. You're going to have to pray. You pray for the members of the cell like this. You want to see the growth in their lives, spiritual growth. Philippians chapter 1, I'm reading to you from verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. Oh, hallelujah. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. That you may approve things that are excellent. Imagine that you're praying for the members of your cell like this. And God's going to hear. God's going to hear. Now, by the way, did you notice the continuous term that he uses in these prayers? It's not something they prayed. It's something we pray. He says, we pray for you. You see. They pray. And this they prayed always for them. Since the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray. That's what he said. That this and this and this will happen for you. Since the day we heard about you, we haven't ceased to pray. So you don't just pray it 15 minutes and get up and say it's all over. No, you're going to pray it again. You're going to pray it again let's read it and these I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that he may approve things that are excellent that he may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God and everybody said amen, amen. let me show you another prayer you see this man prayed prayed for the church this is the way we should pray for the church and I said you can pray this prayer for yourself I did pray these prayers for me. I read, I read them like that then, now put my name in there. And I prayed them for others, but I prayed them for me too. Let me show you another one. Ephesians chapter 1. And this time I'm reading from verse 15. He says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love on all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers see i said it's not something he prayed just one day and stopped he had been at it watching for the resort as he prayed in expectation so i prayed like that putting myself in the scripture for a long time praying it for other people as well Look at it. He says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love on all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Oh, glory. The eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. What a prayer. What a prayer. What a prayer. Let me read it to you in the amplified. It will bless you. It will bless you. Glory to God. Let's just take it from 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you. Say, I do not cease to give thanks. Say, I will not cease then. Mm -hmm. So it says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you. Did you see that? I always pray. To the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He calls it, of insight into mysteries and secrets. In the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Oh. If this happened to somebody... what will become of that guy who had not been coming to church when the light of God floods his heart there will be a change so this is the scripture that happened to me and that's what happened to many of you the eyes of your heart the eyes of your spirit became flooded with light he granted you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the epignosis of him hallelujah hallelujah yeah, so you're praying like this for them, praying like this for them. That's why those of us who study this kind of scriptures, you know, who study the word like this and pray like this accordingly, we get the results. Because this prayer of the spirit was prayed for us. Because we have found ourselves in the book of Visions. We're living in Ephesians, so the prayers for the Ephesian church will work for us. We're living in Philippi, so the prayer for the Philippian church will work for us. Are you following this? So when you find yourself studying these epistles and living accordingly, the same prayers of the Spirit that were said then will work for you if you meditate on them and apply them to yourself. They work just as they did then. Hallelujah. Say, I'm growing in the Spirit. I'm making progress. progress. Say, I'm more glorious even now than I was five minutes ago. Did you see that? Yeah. You know, when we have the national ministers conference and I share the word of God with them, I tell them some things. I say to those ministers from all around the world, I say, when I minister, I don't just teach and preach. I said, I impart what I share. See, in, in I make God's people more glorious than they were before the game. So when they leave, they're more glorious. They are stronger. They are encouraged. They know who they are. They become more successful, more prosperous. That's the way it ought to be. Glory to God. Okay, let's take a few more here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you see, you're praying for God's people like this and, and, and beautiful things happen. Okay, you want us to take one more prayer? Let's take another one. Visions chapter 3. You like this one. This one is like a, a climax. Like a climax. i want to take it to you from verse 14. From verse 14. For this course, chapter 3 from verse 14. Hallelujah. For this course, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened. That means what? Invigorated. With might. That's miracle working ability. By his spirit in the inner man. 17. That Christ may dwell. Settle in your hearts by faith. That he being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to. Catalambano. Are you getting it? Alright. May be able to comprehend. That means seize it and make it yours. Huh? With all saints. What is the breath. And length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Aya! Look at that last part. That he might be filled with all the fullness of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, Lord and Tell me something. If that were not possible, why would he pray to God that he should do it? The desire of God's Spirit is that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Foolish, Failed with all he's not talking about when we get to heaven. Uh uh-uh. uh. If it is about heaven, he wouldn't have to pray about this. Okay, okay. Let me show you something else, right? <laughs> Glory to God. So
1: mama hmm
0: From the book of Romans, God's word is extraordinary. God's word, Romans chapter 15. See, so anybody can say what he likes until the word of God shows up. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we talk like this, and say, like, oh no, he's talking about heaven. N- nobody can ever fully appreciate the blessing of God in this earth. They say, oh, no, no, no. As long as we're in this earth, we can never have the fullness of God's blessing. Listen, who is the author and creator of fullness? He can have fullness, but he is inexhaustible. And he can grant you all the fullness right now, and he comes up with another fullness. I told you what he said. You remember what I told you? Was it yesterday? When I was talking about aions? It was yesterday. You remember? And I said that God said to me, I create aions. Right? You remember? Yeah. He said, no matter what, even if he has determined your destiny and showed it to you, and he said, this is it. He says, I can make a new one. That's what God said. But I want to show you something. You know when people tell us, you know, you can you can live the fullness of God's blessing in the side of heaven, that means this hurts. Oh, it'll never happen. <laughs> Since those who look up to me, saith the Lord, will not only be blessed by what I say, but what I say will become a part of their lives and then we we'll walk in the light of it that's what the spirit said hallelujah so let me read this to you romans chapter one verse nine chapter one book of romans have you seen it It says for god is my witness whom i serve with my spirit oh serve god with your spirit brother serve him with your spirit it says my I with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without season, without season, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Verse 10. Making requests, if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Says, I want to come see you. Oh, Why, why does he want to come? Verse 11. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. To the end, ye may be established. Now, look what follows. This is chapter one. All right. Two things I wanted you to notice. The first one was, he was planning to go visit them. And the second thing was, he was hoping... To impart unto them some spiritual gift. So this is the book of Romans. This is one letter that he's written to them. And he never wrote in chapters and verses. But you know, for good reference, some of the men of God down through the years broke it down into chapters and verses for us. So we go chapter 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. And all the way, same book, written same time for the same people. All right. Then we go to chapter 15. It was such a long letter. So let's go toward the end of this letter. He's still talking about the same thing. All right. Chapter 15 now. And I want you to go all the way. We are reading from verse 24. Will be All right. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I just want us to follow this man. Are you following this? Good. Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. He already said, I long to visit you. Now he says, I'm going to go to Spain. And I hope to come to you from Spain. All right? Now, okay. So once I take my journey into Spain, I'll come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey. And to be brought on my way, thitherward by you. That means you're going to send me from there. You're going to pay my journey. All right? Uh, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. That's nice. But now I go on to Jerusalem. He says, well, Right now I want to go to Jerusalem first to minister unto the saints. Verse 26, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. So I want to take their contribution to them at Jerusalem. All right? Now, verse 27, it hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. You see, now, now, watch this. Watch this. When I go to Spain, I'm going to see you. And then I'm on my way to Jerusalem. And then I come by you into Spain. Now, look at this. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. He's not talking about heaven. He says, I'm coming to you in the fullness. Of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. You mean to tell me somebody walked in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ in these earth? Paul says he did. He did. And he was hoping to go visit them and impart some of this to them. Now you think about this. Imagine, imagine making a discovery of this. Maybe some 25 years ago. I think a little more than that. Then I'm studying my Bible and come across this kind of a thing and I'm crying in my prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, oh, I'm gonna walk in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Reading this and meditating on it. More than 25 years ago. I'm not stupid. How could I see something like that and walk away like I didn't see it? Hallelujah. Now you can understand my sonnesses in the gospel of Christ Jesus. You can understand why I think the way I do and why I talk the way I do because of the consciousness of the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ that's made available to us. And I found out I can walk in the light of it in this earth.
1: Hallelujah. Teaching further on the subject of prevailing prayer, the difference of praying in your understanding and praying in the spirit. Learn these and more as Pastor Chris concludes this insightful and impactful teaching. Listen and be blessed.
0: I will not frustrate the grace of God. I'm going to let the grace of God be fully manifest in me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm going to walk in the light of God's gospel in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Without apologies, <laughs> I'm going to walk in the light of it. Let it soak. There are some, let it soak. Let it soak. I've shown it to you. You can see it yourself. It's right there. No wonder he said, we partake partakers of the divine nature. Look at how this man of God spoke. That's Peter. Now, we just read Paul. Peter said, We are associates of the God kind. In this earth, associates. Comrades of the God kind. That's what he said we were. That's what he said. Thanks be unto God for his marvelous gift. Hallelujah. Yeah. What did John say about it? He said, Beloved, now, not when we get to heaven. Now are we the sons of God? It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But now are we the sons of God and he used to word the technon of God we are his bona fide children born of him so this man of God knew exactly what Christ has made us to be and they spoke about it and who said it better than Jesus himself when he said I am the vine ye are the branches could it be any better? He's saying we have the same life. I'm the stem. That's what he's saying. I'm the stem, and you are the branches. We are one tree of righteousness. Speaking to all. Speaking to all. Speaking to all. Speaking to Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Okay. Now, you know, you're going to pray. I want to explain some things to you because I really want you to be well positioned for the glory of this. In Romans chapter 8, when you read from verse 26, he shows us a certain kind of prayer that is not really by us, but through us. Have you seen it? Read. Have you seen that? All right, 27. Good. Now, notice he shows us the one who's doing the prayer. It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit who's doing the prayer. But go back to verse 26. Look at that middle part. But the Spirit itself, and I told you should read himself. Make it in a session for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Those groanings come through us. The sounds that have been made through us. But it's the Holy Spirit who makes those sounds. This is not the same thing as speaking in tongues. Are you hearing me? He's not talking about speaking in tongues here. He calls them groanings or deep sighs. He says they cannot be uttered. When we speak in tongues, the Bible says we have utterance. And that the utterance is given to us of the Holy Spirit. This one cannot be uttered. Now, I've, I've you know, heard a few ministers say that this means not uttered in articulate speech. No, no, a thousand times no. This is not at all about the articulate speech meaning, because what they're trying to say there is that it's tongues or rights, just that not articulately in your normal language. No, it's not an articulate speech, all right? But it's groanings or deep sighs. That means they're not in words. They're not in. You get it. So when we speak in tongues, we're speaking words. They are definite words. They're a spiritual language. But this is different. And everyone who has experienced this will know that there's a difference. I mean, almost all of us who have received the Holy Spirit one time or the other will experience this thing. And suddenly you know this is what he's talking about. Now, because we cannot, we can't do this. If I say let's speak in tongues. I said that a moment ago and yours said it's speaking in tongues. But I can't tell you let's groan. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that causes that groaning. You see, but the speaking in tongues is a language he imparts to us. He imparts it to our spirits and we have it. You see, it's a language that he imparts to our spirit. So Paul said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. He didn't say the Holy Ghost prayeth. In this one, the Holy Spirit does. In that one, my spirit does. So there's a difference speaking in tongues, singing in tongues, that's coming from my spirit. But when it's groaning or with deep sighs, like you find in some other verses, that's coming through the Holy Ghost. It's not my spirit. But I'm yielded to have that happen. Now, since I'm not going to groan, we can't say, let's groan. We can't do that. But we want the Holy Spirit. We want to, Uh, uh, get into that spirit of prayer so that the Holy Spirit can take over in that prayer. What do we do? We must have our emotions in communication with the Holy Spirit's emotion. Groaning is actually an emotion of the Spirit being expressed such that God sees the heart of the Holy Spirit and knows what's on his mind. He says, he that searcheth the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Can you see it? He didn't say he is the words. No. It's an expression of emotion, deep emotion. But this time, it's the emotion of the Holy Spirit. And he expresses it through us. You see it? So, what we're going to do is give our emotions over to him. That's what happens a lot in worship. So many times when we worship and we tell people, let's sing to the Lord. We're trying to get our emotions together. David said, unite my heart. Get my faculties together. Are you following this? So, that's what we do. For example... I want to pray. So I pick a song. See, I must get my mind away from other things and focus in the direction and in the dimension that I want to get in. So I go. Maybe I sing a song. Christ is coming, the King of glory. No more sorrow, no more weeping. Tell the story among the nations. By the time I say that, I'm scared. Christ is coming by and by. Oh, I sing it again. And I'm on a higher level. I sing it again. By this time, my emotion is arrested. I'm thinking of three things that that song is telling me. Number one, Christ is coming again. So I'm carrying that consciousness at this moment as I sing it. Number two, he says, Tell the story among the nations. I become conscious of the world of the ungodly that needs him. The nations. Right now the nations are on my mind. Tell the story among the nations. Then the third thing is the story itself. I become conscious. I'm the custodian of an important story that needs to be told. Before long, oh, God, I'm thinking, oh, help me do it. I've got to do it. Then I'm pacing the floor. Or maybe I'm lying down and I'm singing it. Christ is coming, the King of glory. See, the songs we sing, the words we speak, have an impact on our spirit and on our mind and on our emotions. If you sing another song that makes you rock and sway like this, you, you will not do what I'm talking about now. You'll be doing something else. See that? But I, I want that to arrest my spirit. So I must pick the right songs. They can be right songs and wrong songs. Not because those songs are wrongly written, but they are not the songs you need at this moment to guide your emotions in the right direction. So you need to mark those songs that can help you. Tell the story among the nations Christ is coming by and by It's a song of hope It's a song of faith It's a song of trust It's a song of commitment Tell the story among the nations of oh. Yes, tell a story among the nations. And my mind starts, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm spinning in my mind. I've got to tell a story to the nations of the world. I've got to do it. I've got to do it. So at that moment, I am releasing myself to the emotions of the Holy Ghost. Don't ignore the Holy Ghost. This is what I'm telling you. Learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. Are you catching what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Spiritual things are practicable. I'm showing the connection between the outward nature and the inward man. There's a connection. How you work from outside. It's a connection. Otherwise, Jesus would have never come as a man. He would have never come with a body. He would have come with an angelic body. But he came as one of us. Because there's a connection between your outward man and your inward man. And you have to learn how to use all those faculties. And use them to guide yourself in your spirit toward God. For example, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a position of prayer. Why does the Bible say, I will that all men pray lifting up holy hands? Why do you lift your hands? They're physical hands, right? They're physical hands, and yet the Bible says we should lift them. Why don't we say, no, I'm, my hands are down right now, but I'm actually lifted up in the Spirit. We don't do that, do we? We lift them. But these are physical hands. So that means there's a connection between my lifting, my physical hands, in my spirit. Are you getting it? Okay, so let's pray now. Go ahead and pray.
1: Thank you for listening. We trust that you have been blessed. The message you just listened to is a production of the Love World Media Ministry. For more teachings by Pastor Chris on how to live a beautiful, successful, and vibrant life, you can order for the following messages. The Ministry of the Holy Spirit in You. The Partnership of the Spirit and Bible Seminar, Volumes 1 and 2, by exploring the Pastor Chris Digital Library app. God bless you.